we live in a world where it's like, oh, if you're feeling a little bit of pain, go take a week off. And it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, I think everybody should take a couple weeks off a year maybe, but at the same time, no, like a lot of your problems in business can be solved by showing up every day and doing the work. Show up for eight or 10 hours a day, give 100% and then check out and go do it again. Being an athlete my whole life, I equate business a lot to sports. I'm a big baseball guy, golf guy. And so, you know, the team who wins the World Series in baseball at the end of the year, they play 162 regular season games. I'm sure they lost a few games, probably almost 60, 70 games. But they won 100 of them, and then they won in the playoffs, and they won the championship. But on any one of those singular games, everybody did their best. They just lost. Sometimes you do your best one day in business, and it's just not enough. Well, that's cool. You're listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today. Improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket. Two, one. Benjamin Del Grosso. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Dalton Campbell here. He's with the Anchor Group. You might be thinking we're going to talk about financial services, but we're actually not. So we're going to talk about the fundamentals and how we need to be consistent and do the work on a frequent basis in order to be successful. So Dalton, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man enjoyed our conversation so far yeah we've we've had great off-camera conversations you know we should maybe one of these days i need to start recording these off-camera conversations but i thought i thought that was the podcast for a little bit i was like okay man unconventional i like it okay (laughs) (laughs) i think only joe rogan does that to people like five minutes in they're like we're recording oh my god (laughs) you know what i was saying So no, I don't do that to anybody. Not not yet. Maybe in the future. <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man, I'm I'm 30 years old, so I'm a young gun. I've been in a business role since I was 23, right out of college. I started in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, um, and I moved up very quickly as an entrepreneur, uh, which is what I actually consider myself now as an entrepreneur. I moved up within the gym that I was at, the organization, within about six months where I was running the training department, um, head of sales. And I had an app for sales. I was really good at selling PT packages. Problem was, I didn't pay a lot of money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm doing training with people paying a thousand bucks a month who own companies and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I've had conversations with you. You're not smarter than me. Like, you don't work harder than me. Why am I not getting paid that? And, you know, so having some of these conversations with people kind of got me introduced to different industries, real estate, finance, insurance, you know, different types of sales. And I was like, if I applied the same skills to like relating to people and getting people to believe in the product that I'm providing, whatever that is, but I can do it in a different industry or even be self-employed doing it where my income potential is higher, that's ideal. Also, I didn't want to be 65 years old at Gold's Gym wearing a sweatsuit doing push-ups with people. That was just (laughs) also something else I didn't want. You know, I I was thinking about retirement and my future. I was engaged to my wife and uh, my now wife. And so 
um, you know, I did some digging and I got introduced um, to the financial group that I'm with um, in 2016 and a little bit of a rocky start. It's, it's a tough industry like real estate or like um, mortgages. You know, I would equate it to those two industries as far as getting started. Tough industry, but uh, by the end of my first full year, um, I was in probably the top six or seven percent maybe of our company like not just the company i was with like our entire organization across the country um and then shortly after that i was top five pretty much every year and so um from a really young age i learned how to get people uh to give me a lot of really important responsibility um and i was able to earn uh, a really great income for my family as well nice so we're, we're, we're like, we're going to talk about, you know, consistency and doing the work. And, and I'm just thinking about how, you know, you, you were talking about how these people weren't really smarter than me. So like, how is it that I can't get paid? And, you know, what I've noticed is I actually had a lot of that same thinking, like, like what's going on. It seems like there's something bigger for me. Like, why am I not figuring it out? And, with me, what I kept doing was jumping job to job to job, mm -hmm. trying to like mm -hmm. figure out. And then I would build that place up to the point where it really didn't seem like the owners or wherever I was, was willing to grow it any further. Right. Like mm -hmm. they were comfortable and I yeah. don't live in the comfortable. I live in the, like, I want to break barriers. I want to grow. Yeah. And you know, yeah. three years ago, now I'm an entrepreneur. So now I make my own rules. I, I do what I want. And what I always noticed is the reason why I always felt like I was smarter than everybody is because I did the work. Yeah. Right. You know, it wasn't, it, it was my, my wife has said that a couple of times. She's like, Hey, you're coming off a little entitled or whatever. But I was like, in some ways I have felt entitled because I've put myself through, I, I can't even fathom. Everybody says that oh, I work so hard, but like, in all seriousness, like from 23 years old to probably 29, I I worked maybe to a point where I may have removed years off my life. I mean, it was the level of anxiety, the hours, the beat down on my body and my, my emotional capacity uh, was intense. And that that's one of the keys to success. So, yes, I do feel like I pay dues uh, of some sort where, you know, I, I am entitled to good things happening to me. I paid the dues. And um, yeah, I think that I, I don't think it's that I'm smarter. I know I'm not smarter. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 just the work ethic, man. You don't have to be a genius to succeed in business. I know a lot of idiot millionaires. You know, the thing is, yeah. and I'm not calling these guys idiots. Um, but you know, Andy and Ed, a lot of people put them up on pedestals, right? As though they're better than everybody. But really, yeah. the way I look at it is they're just guys who've done the work. That's it. Sure. They've they've done stuff, it didn't work, they failed. So what do they do? Oh, well, let's try it this way. And they just kept going forward. And that's like 75 hard. You know, there's so many people yeah. that get on day 30 and I didn't take my picture, so they quit. Instead of finishing out the 75 days that they committed to, which means you're still doing the work, even though you failed in between, 
You still committed that. And I think that's the difference between people that are successful is they follow through and finish what they started. Right. I I think it's the difference. Yeah. And and at least in the top 5% and then the 95%. I I do think that there's some people get lucky. Some people have a pedigree in my industry. Some people's family has like a history of having businesses in my industry. And so the kid obviously just comes in and is making a million bucks a year, but you know, if, if, if it's a level playing field, everyone's starting from the same spot, the top five out of a hundred are going to be the ones that just, it's like the Navy SEALs, man, here in the U.S. Like they go to BUDS training and there's a hundred of them. Well, only eight of you are going to be Navy SEALs. The other 92 are going to quit at some point throughout this. Nice. Yeah, no, I just, uh, thinking you have this, uh, shirt that you're wearing in your Facebook profile. Nobody cares work harder yeah that was a free shirt i got with a with a supplement purchase <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm frugal yeah i um you know I, I used to really live by that by that motto it really was like a stay hard david goggins type thing and then i kind of came to this realization where i was like if i'm gonna wake up at 6 a.m i can still be successful I'm going to have less hours to get stuff done. I might have to stay up a little later, but I know super successful business people who just aren't morning people. They wake up at 10 o'clock. They kill it. They're millionaires, but they just don't wake up at 4 a.m. And so I still do get up early. I got up at four today and worked out super early in the morning or whatever. But um, yeah, that used to be, uh, used to be kind of hardcore, my mantra, but it, I, I think in a lot of ways it is now like, we live in a world and we touched on this kind of off the camera. We don't have to get too far into it, but we live in a world where it's like, Oh, if you're feeling a little bit of pain, go take a week off. And it's like, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think everybody should take a couple weeks off a year maybe, but at the same time, no, like a lot of your problems in business can be solved by showing up every day and doing the work. Show up for eight or 10 hours a day, give 100%, and then check out and go do it again. Being an athlete my whole life, I equate business a lot to sports. I'm a big baseball guy, golf guy. And so, you know, the team who wins the World Series in baseball at the end of the year, they play 162 regular season games. I'm sure they lost a few games, probably almost 60, 70 games but they won a hundred of them and then they won in the playoffs and they won the championship. But on any one of those singular games, everybody did their best. They just lost. Sometimes you do your best one day in business and it's just not enough. Well, that's cool. That's one day. You got another 250 of them, you know? And so I think that people, people go too easy on themselves. And so, yeah, nobody cares. Work harder. People don't people don't owe you anything. You're not going to hand you anything. I've learned that the hard way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that if you're so consistency plays both ways, right? Consistency can play against you. It can also play for you. So my soccer team that I support or European football team, depending on how you look for it, is is Arsenal. And they were top of the league pretty much the whole season. And then they literally got dumped out of the European uh, Cup and Europa League. 
And because of that, it's like the whole team lost motivation. In the last mm-hmm. 10 games of the year, I think they lost like five of the games out of the remaining 10, mm-hmm. and they blew the league. Mm-hmm. They actually lost the league title because of that. And this is all because they were consistent for about 28 out of the 38 games in the season. So, you know, if you're not consistent the whole year, you can mm-hmm. easily have things fall apart. And oh, yeah. like last year in business, I was consistent on a lot of things for the majority of the year, but there were a few things I let slide. And because I let, when I started re started doing those things again, the business started building momentum again. And what yes. people don't realize is if you are consistent and you do the work, even when you don't want to do the work, right? That's what's going to help you be successful in the long run. Yep. And I think it's doing the right things. For me, there's been times in my business where my pipeline, for whatever reason, I just got busy with a lot of business. and I was blessed for that, but I just didn't have the time to put into prospecting. And my pipeline three months later was completely empty. Well, you can let that trend continue and and get into a disaster mode, or you can say, hey, I've mastered the fundamentals of getting clients in this industry. I'm going to pretend like it's my first day in business. And for the next three months, I'm going to build a pipeline. And you go back and you start reaching out to people and having coffee meetings and having Zoom meetings and networking and asking for referrals and, you know, all these different things, posting on your social media every day and doing all these things that you know historically has led to business, what's well, still going to lead to business? And, you know, you just have to get back to doing those things you haven't been doing. Or people get to a point where they're getting a ton of referrals and business is flowing in, they get complacent. And then for some reason, something happens and they need to go out and actually produce again. It's like they're lost. But it's just the basic fundamentals. You know, um, if you if you're if, if if you need to win eight out of 10 games, then, you know, you get two losses, you get two screw ups, but you're going to have to play extremely fundamental, uh, fundamental games for for eight out of those 10 games. So off camera, you were talking about Tiger Woods and talking about a couple different things. Do you want to bring that up again about how? What happened to Tiger Woods back in 2013? You had a nice little story there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So if you look at, I'm I'm a big golf guy. Um, and if you look at a Tiger or a Michael Jordan or a Kobe or or someone like that, who they didn't just like play really well while they were playing, like they actually dominated the league. And Tiger, if you look at his statistics in golf, I mean, there are people who there's conspiracy theories that he actually met Satan and like made a deal. Like it, it, it was like that, that different than every other player who's also in the top 1% of 1% on earth. But with Tiger, you know, in 2009 with the scandal and stuff like that, that obviously impacted his emotions. You can't show up and walk through a sea of a hundred thousand people at a golf course and not just know that they all know what you did. You know what I mean? Like it, it has to mess with you and golf's a very mental game. The Tiger Woods, like hitting a golf ball for Tiger Woods is like scratching his head. It's an instinctive thing. He doesn't even have to think about it. He can be sad, mad, angry, happy, and he can still flush a golf ball. 
And so the emotions don't matter at that point because the fundamentals of the game are so ingrained in his skull. It, it just doesn't matter. You can sit there and yell at him behind his back while he's hitting. It doesn't matter. And so if you can be as good as something as I could brush my teeth. If somebody was in here dancing around, yelling at me or whatever, I could brush my teeth. It wouldn't bother me. It'd be weird, but it wouldn't bother me. But sometimes we let the smallest distractions in sports or in business just completely derail our performance. It's because you haven't mastered the fundamentals yet. You should be able to perform in business with someone screaming right in your face because it's just automatic. Your brain doesn't have to think. And so, yeah, I've really tried to identify some key fundamentals in, in my business um, with client acquisition that um, I can turn to and, and no matter really what I'm going through, I can show up and perform. Nice. Yeah. So, because, oh, yeah. So, like, you know, when we're talking about fundamentals, I was just thinking about 75 hard and how it's raining. So can't go for a walk. Can't go for my run because it's raining outside. Yeah. Right. So people use like little excuses of why. I mean, yeah. the first time I did 75 hard, uh, the city next to us was flooding. Like we're talking flooding, flooding, like they brought in the military flooding. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it was, it was that bad, you know, and it was like global. It was like news around the world of how badly we flooded. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I was working out, I was going through, I'm walking in puddles. Like my feet are soaked when I get back. Right. You know, and I could have easily used that as an excuse, I mean, I definitely use this as an excuse for many, many years. Now I'm like, I work in the rain. My business is mobile. Right. I go direct to people's houses to do installs right. on site. And I work in the rain. Doesn't bug me. Used to. Used yeah. to like, oh, it's, you know, and, and people, it's funny because people will call me and say, you know, it's raining. I don't know. Do you sure you want to work? I'm like, it's just, it's just water. It's not a big deal, right? Like, it's yeah. not like it's acid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. but that's the thing is we allow different things to be a roadblock in our life, right? Instead of just saying, okay, so it's hot out, I'll still work. It's raining, still works. Oh, there's some snow on the ground, I'll still work, right? It's but, but a lot of people use this excuse. So now you go from it's too hot, it's too windy, it's too rainy, too much snow. Okay, well, when do you actually work? Well, yeah. um, well, it's got to be like 20 degrees Celsius out because that's yeah. my ideal yeah. temperature. So then what you work like two weeks a year, like, yeah, you yeah. Know? I think it I, I think it, it it helps you emotionally too. the more disciplined you get, because if I have a bad year this year, I don't know how this year is going to turn out. I'll do my best. I think I know, but I might be off. But if I have a bad year, I'm not going to have any self-hatred or self pity or what like I'm, I'm not gonna look back on the year and say well i could have done this i slacked over here i slacked over here i'm gonna say no i stuck to the fundamentals i gave 100 percent. it just wasn't in the cards this year you know in soccer you know messi he's big news here in the u.s now because he likes us now so uh messi can play the best game he can go out from miami and play the best game every game of the season and they don't win any games. Maybe their goalie sucks. I don't know. That's not Messi's problem though. And when he lays his head down at night, he can't say, he can't feel bad about himself. He can be disappointed that he didn't reach a goal, but 
as far as his self-esteem, it should be very high because he stuck to it and he did his part. And so in business, I think a lot of times we, we get down on ourselves because we're like, man, I slacked and I missed this goal or whatever. But as long as you're not slacking, if you're putting in the work and showing up, there's no logical reason for you to feel anything negative about yourself. You can be disappointed that you didn't hit it, but it ain't your fault. Man, that so Lionel Messi, I went to Barcelona. Yeah. Went to the New Camp Stadium, which is yeah. Barcelona's soccer stadium, which is funny because there was an American on the bus. Yeah. This isn't a football stadium. I thought this was like <laughs> you guys had football here. And he like was disgusted and he's like, get me a taxi. Because <laughs> I guess he didn't know that, be like he didn't know that there's European football you know, is different that, you know, it's kicking, it's soccer, right? So it was funny, yeah. but the, you know, what's crazy is that's one of the biggest stadiums, right? In, in Barcelona. But anyways, where I'm going with this is you walk yeah. through the stadium, you get, and they go, you get to the trophy room and it's all the trophies Barcelona has won over the years. And they have a separate section just of Lionel Messi's trophies, which is massive. Like the amount of awards and accomplishments and player of the month and player of the year and, you know, FIFA yeah. world player of the year, like awards is just, yeah. it's crazy. Like that guy is yeah. so decorated. And of course I bought a, you know, Lionel Messi Jersey when I left there, but you know, it was just like, it's amazing what that guy's accomplished. Right. But oh, I always sure. said, he did that because of his team. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. They feel like they've done it themselves in business, but it was their yeah. team that made them successful. Right. And I feel, I really feel like it's missed. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of people like I'm not a big golfer, but there's a lot of people who say that golfer wouldn't have gotten there without their caddy. Now, I don't know what you think about that, but some people will say, like, the caddy will say, hey, you know, use a was a four iron instead. And they'll be like, oh, really, a four iron? And then they hit it and they're like, oh, good call. Right? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's one of those weird things where it's like that that caddy, you know, uh, yeah. does it. But they also have, you know, physios that work on them. They have, you know, all these oh, different sure. things that to support yeah. them that you don't see. They're all behind the scenes. So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what, what would you like to add to that? Cause we are coming close to the end of our time, but uh, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, I look at, I look at the success I've had in business and a lot of it has been, has been my efforts in, in trying to acquire customers and, and, you know, be disciplined and show up, but there's no way I could produce at the level that I have without a solid assistant or some type of operations team, or, you know, somebody to review all my social media stuff and make sure it's kosher so we can, um, you know, post that. Like, to have those those pieces in place and for them to perform really well is is good. And, and using sports, I, I used to be a big NBA fan. Um, I, I used to love Tim Duncan and the San Antonio Spurs back when it was Tim Duncan. And that championship team that won a handful of championships there in kind of the mid two thousands with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Dunk, aside from Tim Duncan, who's arguably the best power forward that's ever played. The, the other players on the team were good. 
but they weren't the best at their position in the NBA. It wasn't an all-star team. It was a team that was so fundamentally sound and they knew each person's game so well. I mean, Tim Duncan knew where Manu Ginobili was going to be on the court without even looking at him. And, and when you're that in sync, you're going to win championships. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. There's no egos. Everybody's on the same page. And so, yeah, Tim Duncan had a really good career, but championship wise, he wouldn't have the championships without that team. Same with Michael Jordan. Yeah, no, I agree. So I've had, when I worked one job, I had this assistant that worked for me and uh, I had uh, one of the, one of the owners kept telling me you should get rid of him because he doesn't do this, this or that. And I'm like, no, like, I don't think you understand. He's strong at sales. He's good at talking to the car dealers. He's talking, he's good at, you know, taking care of that. He takes ownership of that. And um, I don't really care for doing sales. Like I prefer to manage the people, right? Hold them accountable, do the purchasing, manage the technicians, right? Yeah. I want to make sure that everything stays on track. He's good yeah. at sales. He's good at supporting the sales staff, clo helping close deals. And he loves doing that. So we complement each other on our weaknesses and strengths. Mm -hmm. And a lot yeah. of people don't get that, right? Because, and that's really what it is. For a great player to be great, they need to have a solid foundation of other people supporting them. And they could be a bunch of people that are no-namers. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. What matters is, is that they do the work that's required for the team to see, be successful. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No, I, I, don't, I don't even have anything to add. <laughs> well, if you have any final words of wisdom for, for the – the listeners and maybe how people want to get a hold of you if they would like to maybe talk to you about any financial services in uh your virginia uh, definitely I'm in virginia, so i don't do anything in canada um if they want to reach out on the financial services side um you know i'm big on linkedin they're feel to be free to friend me on linkedin or whatever um that's probably the most compliant way for me to just route people very easily to I look like this in my picture and I'm wearing a suit. So um, you'd be able to find me. But um, if you want to shoot me an email or have any questions about the fundamentals or business or anything like that, um, you can just email Dalton at the Dalton Campbell.com. Nice. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today. We uh, talked about some yeah. fundamentals and yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs>